Welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show, the number one podcast where we admit no matter what happens, daddy has the advice we need to fix our problems. Introducing my dad, Mr. Wayne Friedman. That was good. It would be nice if you could also sing a song. What would the song be? You love Paris in the springtime. I just made up some words to it. I love Rena in the springtime. I love Rena in the fall. <laughs> That's right. That's good enough. <laughs> oh boy. Let's dive in. Introducing Michael Goldberg of Hiring Transformed. Wait till you hear his commercial at the end. He wanted to be a sportscaster, but instead ended up being a recruiter. This is the first episode with my daddy live. He's getting some live wisdom. Daddy okay, I'm on. is here. What's up, Wayne? This is Michael Goldberg. It's nice to meet you. Michael, nice to meet you, sir. How are things for you? Okay, I actually uh, just flew down. I'm in Florida trying to help my mom a little bit and give our aide a little bit of a break for the next few days. Nice. Well, I don't blame you. Is it, is it warm down there or is it? Oh yeah, it was about 38. Now it's 84. Do you live in Chicago? I'm in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Ah, very nice. That's a nice place. It's one of those type of cities where it has everything and it's not too big and right. yet it's not too small. Pretty see- friendly people too. Oh, extremely friendly people there. Well, I guess we should give the show back to Rena, but I just, I want to say hello and I appreciate you taking some time to join us today. At the end, we can play Jewish geography. Yes, Michael is a Jew from the South as well. (laughs) He grew up in South Carolina. It's interesting because I'm finding this out because like even through the Clubhouse, which Wayne, I don't know if you would know what Clubhouse is, but it's this app that is the new hot thing for Apple users only. Uh, if you have an Apple phone and you can talk to people. So there's no video component, but I have been a moderator on a few of these and these folks pop up and they go, believe it or not, my last name's Goldberg. And I know, you know, we're a member of this Goldberg clan. Well, my Goldberg clan were the Altmans from Poland. And so the Altmans became the Goldbergs and the Altmans and the Goldbergs are the two big families in Charleston. Wait, wait, there might actually be some relation because we have some Altmans that are related to the Freedmans from Russia as well. Really? It's a small world. They keep saying that. You don't think the world's flat, do you, Wayne? (laughs) Sometimes it is. There's (laughs) a lot of flat people out there. Normally, it is round. I agree with you. Like last year, the world was flat as hell. (laughs) It was a long drive. We were all starring in a zombie movie, but it's not that great to star in a movie when everybody's in it. Don't feel extra special that way. That is so true. Oh my God, that's really funny because I have an upcoming interview with a flat earther. Oh dear Lord. (laughs) Can I get on that one? (laughs) It's not flat. It's not. I've seen it from space, unless that was all fake. By the way, I don't know if you both are into movies about space. If you get Apple Plus, it's called For All Mankind. And it's actually, it's a different twist. It's still about the space race between the Russians and the United States. But in this case, the Russians were the first to step onto the moon, not Neil Armstrong. It's a fantastic show. You know, it's kind of like, remember the movie, The Right Stuff? It's kind of a spin on it. The real twist is that the Russians put the first woman on the moon. I'm in the part where they're, of course, they've sent an American up. So it's really a cool show. You should totally watch it. It's called For All Mankind. Really good. I'll have to Sounds check that out. 
Yeah. So I want to take it back to your childhood in South Carolina. The other day when we were talking, you did drop a bomb and you told me that you've had a hard relationship with your mom. I want to dig into that because I also have communication problems with my own mom. So that is an interesting subject matter. When I look at my upbringing, I think my parents, I think it was more introverted when I was younger. So I think my parents, you know, when they would talk, if they didn't want my brother and I to know anything, they'd start speaking Yiddish at the table. And that drove me crazy, even as a young child. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Oh, nothing. And I started picking up on like my grandmother would teach me some of the words to listen out for if I ever wanted to kind of decode what they were talking about. Like Lozum Gain, you know what Lozum Gain means? Leave them alone. Oh. Oh, Have you ever watched Blazing Saddles? No. Rena. Wayne, what are you doing? What kind of daughter have you raised? (laughs) Wayne oh, knows the exact scene. Time. No, it wasn't that before time. <laughs> all three of my children have watched that movie and love it, even though it's just the most racist movie of all times. It's not Mel Brooks's intention, but still. Lozum he's Gain, poking fun at it all, I believe. Yes, yeah, he's, he is. It's all sarcastic. Lozum Gain means leave him alone. Can I sit here and speak it? No, not a. It was difficult because she was the authoritarian in the family. She was a New York Jewish mother, you know, grew up in Rosedale, was good friends with Bernie Madoff's wife at the time. She wasn't the wife then, but knew who Bernie was, said he was a real asshole. So yeah, yeah it, fit, it fit the bill. I was brought up in a very strict Jewish, I'd say it was more, it's called traditional. I don't know if traditional is still a thing, but it's between conservative and orthodox. I was bar mitzvahed, my brother was bar mitzvahed, raised very Jewish. She kind of had this tiger helicopter mom kind of thing, and I resisted. I just didn't feel like I could communicate to her. And I still have trouble communicating to her. I got married. My wife, she's Jewish, she's not a practicing Jew. We have a Christmas tree. Easter Bunny used to come and visit the kids. Some people may think, what's the point of that? Well, the point is to celebrate all faiths because we celebrated Hanukkah too. What made you uh, celebrate the Easter Bunny and Christmas? That's a very good question, Wayne. So my late father-in-law and my late mother-in-law both raised in very orthodox Jewish upbringing. He was from the Upper West Side in New York City. She was born in Fort Worth, who surprisingly at the time, they had some very orthodox Jewish, they had an orthodox Jewish congregation there. They still do. When they got married, she eventually moved out to Beverly Hills. Her father invented carbonation and also had the first TV station in, I believe, San Diego. To answer the question directly, when they got married, they agreed that they weren't going to put the same pressures that they had on as children. So it's almost like they rebelled in their 20s. And I rebelled in my 20s because you know my wife was used to it. So it was interesting. At first, my mom really resented that. She really resented that I didn't marry a good Jewish woman. So that caused even more conflict 10 years later. What caused conflict as a kid? I don't know that. That's going to take a really good shrink. I, I don't know. I, it's just patience level, probably. Hit yeah. you if you didn't do the right thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The spankings were from her. Did your father take out the belt? No. She took out hers. Took out hers. Uh, she took out hers, right? So I remember one time, vividly remember one time, where my mother was so upset at me. She was, she was coming at me. My dad, I'd never seen him do it, basically took her and pushed her to the wall and said, stop, hold on calm down. After that, she didn't really ever do that again. How did you feel after these confrontations with your mom? Did it hurt your own self-confidence? Yeah, it does. Lack of confidence. Absolutely. And there's still some issues there, but Rena and I have known each other for about, what, five, four or five months. And she didn't see that lack of confidence in me that others have seen 
since I've started my own business. That can be a confidence killer, especially when you have a vision of where you want it to be and then where it's not yet. As an entrepreneur, I have this drive and this burning feeling that I'm going to make it. I'm going to get there. And it still may take another year or two. The thing I've is got that the confidence now, now you have drive because of it. Right. Okay. And yep. in my case, my dad used to hit me with the belt. It was one time where my mom interfered and said, you're not going to hit him with that belt one more time or we're going to be done. But my mom even defended me. But there was a lot of screaming and yelling my whole life with my father. We ran a business together for 45 years, and I'm still running the business these last five or six years. And actually, my dad still negotiated an order for me because the guy doesn't even know my dad is gone and prefers to do business with him than with me, even though I'm writing both emails, which is very funny. He doesn't answer mine, but he does answer my father's, who was also me but he's still the president of the company and he still has a lot of influence. I have Marvin tell him to please deal with Wayne, that he knows what he's doing. And I have every confidence that he'll take care of whatever your issue might be. It's like Clark Kent and Superman, right? Tell Superman Isn't I said that hi. Something? It's, okay. Yeah. But the thing is, is that I played football and yet I was on the debating team and the chess team. I was on all kinds of activities with all kinds of different people. Everybody wanted to be with me. I was always very outgoing and a little rebellious at times too, but had very strong principles all through the generations for thousands of years. Our enemies want us to give up our faith or kill us. We just had Purim. That's the story of Purim. Haman says, look, I'm going to kill you, but uh, I'm going to give you a year to convert or give up your faith. And how many times throughout Jewish history that there's somebody there, a Moloch, that wants to kill us or have us marry outside of the faith or to be disloyal to our faith to God, our strong faith to God. Dad, so, I'm going to give you a little pushback there because all growing up, yeah. you definitely had Christmas parties and there was ham there and you were celebrating. Yep. <laughs> I didn't have a Christmas party with ham. Uh, at the factory? Yes, you did. Oh, at the factory? He had the shagatas that he had to feed. Right. We had to put on a party that all of our workers would be happy at. We did have Christmas parties at work, but not at home. Okay, okay but we still, to, you were participating. The port, the port, yes, I sang and danced with my people because we treated our workers like they were part of our family. But we didn't make them adapt to being Jewish. You have to go with the flow of the people that you're with. But the fact is, is that if you want to have a stable life and you want to have a legacy for your children to carry out, you have to set the right example at home, no matter where you live and what you do. It's not easy. I was very sheltered like that growing up. My parents instilled that in me. And look what happened. Right. So uh, if you've been yelled at and abused, not everybody takes it the same way. Some people shelter themselves from it. And unfortunately, sometimes, because we've had generations of freedmen's that have been a little abusive to their children or to the people around them and then get into various fights. But the fact is, is that even one time my sister locked me out of the bathroom and I had to go and I had to go and I had to go. And I said, come on, you got to get out of there. And I woke him up. He, he knocked me right on my ass. I peed, right, peed all over myself. Well, of but course, he was pissed off. I, he, was, he was still, <laughs> right? He sure was. But the funny thing is that the next morning, it was like nothing ever happened. An 80-year-old man could knock a 12-year-old on his ass. You got to give him credit for that. That's the funny right. part is, is that, we were taught to be tough and not look at it 
any other way. And sometimes I know this is going to sound really strange, but sometimes I didn't mind my dad yelling or screaming at me or hitting me because he worked day and night. And this was a way that I could get attention. I know it sounds crazy. Sometimes any attention was better than no attention. How did it affect you as a father? I started crying about this on my own LinkedIn live show. I could be a lot better father. So I'm trying to be in tune with my kids a lot more than my parents were in tune to me. But you know, at a certain age, and Rena, you haven't experienced this yet, but at a certain age, they shut you out for a little bit. You know, I'm sure I could ask your father right here, right now, if you ever shut him out and he would answer, Wayne? At times, uh, right. all of our children rebel and want to do their own thing. Right. Daughter is closer to the mom, but boys are closer to me. I always heard growing up, you know, coming up, oh, she'll be your little girl. And she is my little girl. I love her very much. She's the sweetest thing in the world. But we have been getting along a lot better since she's kind of graduated from college. But, you know, from like just being born to like 12 years old, it was great. And then femalehood happened. Right? Those teen years can affect all of us. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think there are times where I could be a better father even today. I wanna, I'm want to. i in tune through the kids, but I generally go through my wife to get the information. But when I see them, you know, I just need to be more cognizant to pick up the phone to go, hey, how's it going? And just check in with them. That's all I need to do. And if I did more of that, I'd feel better about where I am in the relationships because I don't, I don't know much more longer I've got in this world. I mean, hopefully it's another 25, 30, 35 years, but who knows? It goes okay. fast, that's for sure. Yeah. I definitely think my years in college in my early 20s, there were lots of things that I didn't want to share and I wasn't calling him as often. Um, I do have a daughter that's approaching those preteen years. So that is a little scary for me even hearing you say that. It's not that scary. The relationship that you have with your, I can tell you right now, and Wayne, I bet you could tell me that at least one or more of your daughters got into some pretty heated battles with your wife. And when you tried to step in, you got like the first time you ever did it, it was the last time you ever did it because it's like death stare. And you just from both of them, it's like, you know, what the effort you what are you stepping in here for? It's like, OK, I'm backing out. I'm backing out. I'm backing out. They still get into some pretty funny arguments and I'm the one bringing them together, which is kind of cool. I would say that I was pretty strong-willed when it came to the discipline of the children. But the truth of the matter is, is that I think still nobody does it perfectly, but participating and encouraging them, all the kids found very constructive activities, all really did fairly well in school too. I really was blessed that there was a lot of participation. My wife took them to most of these events. And even though they didn't agree with her a lot, in her own way, she definitely was there for her. Yeah, I mean, I remember being with my father. He was three days away from passing away and getting into an argument because my mother goes, well, God, you need to lose some weight. <laughs> like, my father's in the hospital bed right there, you know, after recuperating from kidney removal surgery. Oh, gosh. And he's, he's listening to us. I mean, he's, oh, he's coherent. I won't go into the details of what happened, unfortunately. But basically... I immediately went, excuse me? Okay, I'm a little overweight. I'll lose some weight. But we kind of got into it. And my father looked at me and just goes, not now, not now, not now. I could tell his eyes looking at me. And I was like the last kind of thing where he wished that his wife and me would get, get along better. I tend to be snarky when I'm around them. It's my way of trying to break the tension and keep things lively. I will say that since he's passed, I've built a better relationship with my mom because I didn't want to see her be alone. That was tough for me. You know, so I still loved her. You're doing the right thing. I flew, just flew here to Florida during this whole pandemic. This is trip number 13 since the pandemic started. Because if you want 
your children to do well or if you want your parents to be around. You have to make the effort to encourage them and to be there for them. I don't believe in this Zooming it. I think you got to do it in person. You got to feel it and touch it if you want to have a real relationship with your grandchildren or your parents or your children. There's nothing like doing it live. Yeah. In fact, I'm headed down. It's her 80th birthday in April. Maisie's super excited to go to. My youngest, who's still here in the nest, is coming down with me. Can you talk to me about repairing that communication? Like, do you have any tips for what worked and what did you figure out? Yeah, I figured out pretty quickly that this was not going to be easy for me. When I looked at my parents, they were, I've never seen two people in love like that. And Wayne, I don't know if you have that with your wife, but I could tell they loved each other. So she needed that. And and I'm here in Dallas. She's still in Charleston. First and foremost, I'm a very empathetic person. So when you're empathetic, you put yourself in the person's shoes, knowing that if I was alone after 59 years, that's a long time. I stayed two weeks. So from the time he passed away, I was I was flying down there. And on the plane, I had, I got a message that he had passed, that they took the he was intubated. They took out the breathing and he passed, you know, passed away on his own. I'd see my mother-in-law take her last breaths, was in the room where I didn't want to see that again. So I was fine with not seeing that with my father. But I just immediately went into protect mode because you had to be here. She was very, she's a very sensitive woman. So just putting myself in her shoes, making sure I was there, making sure I, I visited her probably once a month for like the first, well, through the end of 2019, I was there for the unveiling in January of 2020, and I haven't been back since. I'm going up uh, April 7th through 10th for her 80th birthday. So yeah, we're definitely going. I think the other thing, Rena, to your question is, I think it just boils down to one thing, just showing that you give a damn. That even though that we didn't have the best relationship, that I still was there, that I'm still there for her. Because I know that she still needs somebody to take care of her. And I don't think it's fair that my brother has to do all the work. I really don't. Are there things that you bite your tongue on, though, in order to keep the peace? For fear of upsetting your father. What I bite my tongue is, and no offense, Wayne, is that I believe that we should be out amongst everybody. That the problem with the world is we're all in these little silos. You have the Jewish silo, and that's all they talk about. Oh, so-and-so is Jew. Well, okay, well, what if they're not Jewish? What if they're Black or they're Christian or they're Muslim? It doesn't matter. There's somebody you know, and they're a good person. They're a mensch, whether they're Jewish or not, they're still a mensch. Oh, I agree with you on that. And you're right. You have to drop the barriers of saying that you can't get along with this person because of that or this or that. I agree with you. That's not going to make a very peaceful world or a very wise world. Yeah, but that's where I bite my tongue. In my snarky way, they'll talk about somebody go, is he Jewish? So I'll do that at like the dinner table. <laughs> you know, just to, just to F with them a little bit, just to, what? What do you care? No, and, and so that's the cool thing, right? Look, I get it. As the Jewish faith, we've all been, you know, through the persecution, back to the ancient times, through the Holocaust. Even today, there's still a lot of anti-Semitism. There's still a lot of hate in this world. And so I'm just trying to be one of those that you love a person for who they are. I don't care what color they are. I don't care what religion they are. You just, you, you love them until they, until they break your trust. Right. That's and you, the key. Right. And you don't assume that just because one person did something that, oh, well, that's classic, right? That's the way it always happens. So, right. That's where you get into the labeling. As my daughter would mention, is that I'm a very, very giving person, but I got this from my father and his father and his father's father. But once you show that you're disloyal or you're dishonest, then it's very hard for me to forgive that. 
Yes, we call those folks shysters. Um, But you also uh, mentioned that you learned manners and being proper from your own dad. You talked about you were walking by a construction mm -hmm. site and somebody said, oh, you know, there's... Hey, Attorney Goldberg. Hey, Attorney Goldberg. Like your dad was known (laughs) in town and respected in town. And you also mentioned another time where you were at a restaurant, I think. Yeah, so... I remember the name of the restaurant. It's still there today. It's called The Trawler. The Trawler Restaurant. We're sitting down on one of those waiting couches. And I'm sitting, my parents are standing, and my father sees somebody that he knows is a judge. He says, well, judge, I want to introduce you to my son, Michael. Michael, this is judge so-and-so. I had made the fatal mistake of not standing up. Ooh, that's, that's the only time my father got mad at me. Only time. Because he said, this is what you do. If someone comes up to you, no matter what, man, woman, child, and they're standing up, you stand up to them and make them the most important person at that moment, always. And that stuck with me. And so I do that. It's my practice. And that's what you call honor. That's what you call respect. And I love it. That's great. He was one of a kind. He served in the army. Uh, He was stationed up in Fort Jackson and then the one outside of Norfolk. I forgot the army base outside of uh, Norfolk. And he was a JAG attorney there. So he went on to become a, a you know, attorney. I mean, that's my father. That's like, that's a hundred percent my dad, right? Right in here in my heart. And just has me thinking about the other person first, rather than worrying about myself. I've got great things to add and, you know, to teach, whether it be my children or, you know, people in, in business or even meeting meeting you, Wayne. I mean, it's been great talking with you. You have one of the, you know, I'm sure all three daughters are wonderful, but I only know one. So I'm only going to brag about one. And that's the person on the other side of the screen. It's just adore. I think she's the best. And she actually gives a, gives a damn about a lot of people. I think you would say, Rena, that we share very similar values on that customer delivery side and really caring about the other person and making exceptions from time to time and helping others, right? So, I mean, that's, that's a good thing. That's a good place to sum it up, Arena. is that people that give and care about other people and want to give more than they necessarily receive or to be a taker, that's the secret to really success and building a network of people that really are going to honor you and respect you and care for you is because that's what you do for them. And it's been a wild ride to get to that point, right? I mean, that's entrepreneurship. We up, down, up, down, up, down. But you know what? I'm a better person for it. Do you have any questions you want to ask my daddy? Yes. <laughs> Rena's nervous. So the question I have is, you know, looking at all this craziness, and now you got a third party out there. I'm watching this interview with Alex Gorski, who is the CEO of Johnson & Johnson. At the very end, the reporter asks him, uh, have you taken the Johnson Johnson vaccine? And what would you think the CEO's response would be? You would think he would say yes, but he didn't. He didn't. And he goes, well, you know, I'm under 65, so I'm waiting. I go, I go, bullshit. Something's up there. You don't want to get that vaccine. It's like asking the cook to taste his own food. And they go, no, I'm good. Lead by example. So if you go into Teddy Roosevelt with the Rough Riders, he was out there in front of the pack doing the charge not sitting on top of the mountain at Gettysburg, sending the troops in to get slaughtered. I was a hands-on fellow in the factory where my dad says, if you want to get respect of your men, don't tell them what to do. Be able to work with them and show them what you can do and show them what they can do. So I believe in that hand-to-hand combat. If I'm the guy at Johnson & Johnson, I'm going to say, hey, I took the shot. It works. You can take the shot too. 
I don't have anybody do anything that I wouldn't do myself. Exactly. All right, I'm signing off. That's your mom keeps buzzing in on me. Okay. <laughs> it's a really pleasure uh, to meet you, Mike. But you're right. I think uh, it's time to give the wife some attention. You bet. Take care. See ya. He still reports to mommy. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he should have a show, Who's Your Mommy? Or Better Call oh Mommy. Oh, my God. Uh, that was a trip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's a great conversationalist. I could talk to him all day. Aw. He's a hoot. How old oh, is yeah. he? 64. He's eight years older than I am. He's not much older. Yep, he had me young. My dad didn't go deep, though, into the fact that I still need to do some repairing with my mom. And uh, he alluded to it pretty nicely. <laughs> I caught that. I, I heard him loud and clear. He said, I really still think that <laughs> Rena and her mom need to improve their relationship. Well, yeah, okay. Sounds like it pops. I don't know. Bring it out on the air. Well, but is that going to happen at 80? I mean, how long did it take you to be able to communicate with her and feel good about it? Two years ago. Did I it take losing your dad? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. When my dad was, you know, even in his younger years, I mean, he would sit down and talk with me. My mom really wouldn't hang. She'd be upstairs. I can totally relate to that, though. It's the same with me. Mm -hmm. How do you get past that? Uh, you just start talking. You just start asking questions to get the answer. It's really nice because sometimes my brother tries to be there with me because he wants to be there with me as well. She'll say something and then we'll just be look at, we'll look at each other to start laughing and go, what? We, we spar with her a little bit, but sometimes he has to say, Hey, calm down. He'll, like he'll look at, I get the look from him. He's like, just relax. You're okay. It took a while. What an episode. I wasn't expecting that. I really wasn't. <laughs> Better call daddy. Let's hear you say it. Better call daddy. I love him though. I, I could totally call him up and have a conversation with him. Just go all day. He's that nice. He's awesome. So, Do you want to plug how people can connect with you? So if you want to get in touch with Michael Goldberg, I want you to give him a call at 469-955-2561. You can also reach him by email at michael at hiringtransform.com. What is Hiring Transformed? Well, let me tell you. Hiring Transforms a company that's been around for three years, and its focus is on conducting talent audits with small to medium-sized companies to determine where gaps exist and implement solutions to help fix those gaps in the areas of process, technology, and metrics. The other thing they do is they coach recruiters to be better business partners so that they're more successful in the people that they work with. And of course, they train hiring managers to make sure that they're making more confident decisions. And finally, we're gonna assist organizations with director to C-suite positions and they charge a flat rate. They don't charge the percentage like those other organizations do. And you know what? You need to call Goldberg. This is called Better Call Goldberg. Better Call Hiring Transform for your needs. Seriously, connect with me on LinkedIn. You'll find it under Dallas Michael Goldberg. Plus, you'll see this beautiful mug. Join me on Clubhouse. I do a talk talent Monday through Thursday between 4 and 5 p.m. Central Time. And then finally, you know, feel free to tune into Talk Talent, which happens every Tuesday morning at 11.15 Central. Better call Goldberg. Better call Goldberg. Yeah. But thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. That was really great. Oh boy. Let's go to Grandpa. This is a interview with 
you, Wayne, and of course, our star, Michael Goldberg. It was, I think, a very candid conversation of some of our philosophy and uh, where he is today. I think that he has a very strong value system as well. But through his experience with his mom, he kind of holds back a little bit where it's almost like he has a little bit of a barrier or a shell around him. At this point, he's trying to run his own business. He's got good qualifications where he can help other entrepreneurs. And he's coming out of his shell where he's trying to now make a difference and really stand with you and stand tall. And I think that he can really help an organization really find its way. But that's the type of experience that he's had now. And I think that he can help other people do the same thing. And it sounds like he learned a little bit of that from his daddy. That's why you have to better call daddy. He did learn a lot from his dad, an example of that respect and loyalty to people that he worked with and tried to help in his community. Honoring your father and your mother means a lot to him. And he wants to honor and respect all people around him. He's trying to be a bright light of sunshine. That's really what we all should be trying to do. And that's really what the Jewish people really stand for, is that we're supposed to be a bright light showing the way to others. Today's episode is sponsored by Rin 10 Media. If you want to look and sound your best, you want to get in touch with Rin 10 Media. Reach out to info at ren 10media and use the subject line, Better Call Daddy. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and tune in. Add Better Call Daddy Podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show.